Amen. All right, back to Mark chapter number six. I'm going to get a running start uh, to the points. And so I'm going to have four points uh, at the end of the service uh, that we're going to apply from this account in Scripture. Uh, But one of the things I can't help but do now since we got back from uh, Israel uh, is just to see all the stuff in the passage of Scripture. I haven't been there. Uh, the locations and different things. And, uh, and one of the, uh, to kind of preface all of that, one of the places that we went, obviously, when we were there, uh, were the three cities that Jesus cursed uh, on the Sea of Galilee, uh, Capernaum uh, and uh, Chorazin uh, and Bethsaida. And when we were in Bethsaida, and remember I've stated in my messages since having come back, there's nothing that I saw over there uh, that has caused me to, to question um, anything in the Bible. Uh, in fact, uh, some of the initial kind of responses, which one of the ones I had was in Bethsaida, uh, was um, like the, the Sea of Galilee was like way over there, and it's a fishing city. So what they do is as they excavate these places, and so it's like El, like uh, something tell, uh, the tell is a mound. Or, um, so they would build, so century after century, like things would build right on top of each other, and they excavate those things, and they can see you know, when these things were. And uh, For example, in Capernaum, uh, the, they had built on top of the synagogue, and you can see the, the Byzantine one all the way to the one where Cornelius had helped build in. Uh, and you know that it was him because of the stone. So the black uh, stone that's native to that area. And Romans, when they built, they'd ship stuff in. Uh, and they would build uh, with stones that weren't native to that place. So in Bethsaida, I was on the tell uh, in the stuff that they had excavated. And I thought, well, Bethsaida is a... Um, a fishing town, why is it so far from the water? And, uh, and a lot of things could explain, you know, being 2,000 years later, uh, the land has changed and uh, there was an earthquake that was there. And, uh, and as I studied that out, it, it's really, uh, some people believe that what they've excavated is not really the actual part of Bethsaida uh, because of uh, there's other places. And uh, so uh, my initial response, like, is really far away from the water, uh, was supported in things that I've studied after that. Uh, and, uh, and so being there uh, helps uh, when you read these passages of Scripture uh, to kind of know the proximity uh, in, in what, is, what is going on there. And then there are words uh, that have thrown me off, like the word coast that I shared in Sunday school. Uh, when you think the word coast, you think of, you know, um, the Pacific coast. You're out on the coast, uh, you're next to water. Uh, where we're in Caesarea Philippi, and it talks about the coast of there, and there's no water. Uh, there's rivers and whatever, but it means boundaries and, uh, and uh, the, the edge of things. And uh, like the prayer of Jabez where he said, enlarge my coast. He wanted more land. Uh, and so words, and one word uh, that I picked up in, on in this past scripture is the word desert. All right. When you think of desert, uh, you know, I think of Yagama. Uh, you know, uh, over there, eastern Washington, uh, out in the desert. Or you think of hot deserts in the south and uh, places like that. Uh, but you think of it more like the sand dunes and, uh, and cacti uh, and, uh, you know, lizards and whatever. Just that's what you think of with a desert. I mean, that's what I think of, uh, desert. And sometimes when I'm hungry, I read it as dessert. Uh, and I know that's the misspelling, uh, but, uh, but I've been thinking about that since I saw all that out there uh, and, uh, in the thing. So in chapter number six, uh, Jesus, the beginning part, and to kind of hasten, 
uh, he's in Nazareth, and he's, uh, he's there in the synagogue, and we read about that in Luke 4 uh, as well. Uh, and he's rejected by his own countrymen and his people, and isn't this uh, Jesus of Nazareth, and isn't this the, you know, uh, the son of Mary, the brother of James, and Joseph, and Judah, and Simon? Uh, by the way, if you're uh, uh, somebody who is, worships Mary uh, as a perpetual virgin, I got bad news for you. Uh, she had other kids. Uh, and some of their names, of course, are listed uh, right here. Uh, and I uh, was talking to a lady the other day, uh, again, uh, that we've been praying for, uh, that's so caught up into that. And, and she said, you know, her husband's uh, reincarnated, like Catholic, reincarnated, uh, and he's serving Jesus right now with 144,000. Uh, and, uh, and I just smiled, and, uh, and I don't know how many religions came out of her mouth uh, and, uh, in that statement. Uh, but uh, so he, uh, he's in Nazareth, uh, and then he sends out the disciples two by two on a mission. Uh, so they all go out, and we read about that, verse number 7 uh, and, uh, and down. Uh, so they're, they're out there preaching repentance. They're casting out devils, verse number 13, anointing people with oil. Uh, and then they get news that uh, Herod, and this is the account where it tells that they, where they killed John the Baptist. Uh, and beheaded him. Uh, and at the end of that account, in verse number 30, it says, And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both that they had done and what they had taught. And of course, uh, he's Jesus, so uh, he knew all of it. Uh, but uh, he, they were given report. Uh, and they had just got done um, retrieving the body, the corpse of John the Baptist, and laid it in a tomb. So they're all out in that area, two by two, serving, uh, doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, they hear about John the Baptist. They go to where he's at. They get his corpse. They bury it. It's been a very trying time, very busy time, very difficult time. And remember, some of these men were disciples of John uh, before Jesus came along, and they just buried him. And now they've gathered, they've come together, uh, with themselves, with Jesus in verse number 30 to say that. And this is mo most likely in Capernaum. And we know that because of the other gospel accounts. So Jesus had traveled uh, through whatever time that was. We know from Capernaum uh, to, to Nain uh, in one of the recents that was like, you know, a day's journey uh, overnight to try to get there. Uh, and from uh, Nain to Nazareth across the valley, it's about six more miles uh, to, to Nazareth. So he had traveled some time. He's now in Capernaum. They have all gathered in Capernaum because that's Jesus' headquarters uh, uh, in the Sea of Galilee, uh, and, uh, and that's where they're at. And he says in verse 31, And he said to them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. And this was the text for that gentleman the other day, uh, to rest for a while, for there are many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. So they're so busy. Uh, and people coming and going, the ministry of, of Christ, uh, that they, they didn't even have time to eat. Uh, and many of you are like that. If you're busy working throughout the day, you forget to eat or you, don't, you can't stop to eat or, uh, or maybe something's not available uh, to you, uh, you know, uh, to get something to eat. So it says they, um, he says, you're gonna go to, we're going to go to a desert place. So my, I think you know, they're going to a desert to, to rest and, uh, and, they have, and they have no food. I'm like, are you going to find food in the desert? Uh, and that was my, one of my first thoughts when I began to read the Bible. Verse 32, And they departed uh, into a desert place uh, by ship privately. And by the way, desert or a desert place in this, and you can you know, do word searches and you find that word desert place, it just simply means an un uncultivated, um, uninhabited place. 
So a desert place in, in, in the Word of God, in this, especially in this context, it says we're just going to leave where all the people are. Uh, and that side from Tiberias to Capernaum was the populated uh, side, Magdala, uh, Gennesaret, uh, the city of Gennesaret, but, um, which is also important as we read these past scriptures because I've had somebody say, here's a contradiction. Because in the book of John, it says they went to Capernaum uh, after they left Bethsaida out on the water and Jesus. And so it says they went to Capernaum. Uh, but in Mark, it says they went uh, to Gennesaret. Um, but it says the land of Gennesaret. Uh, so the land of Gennesaret included Capernaum. Uh, or the, the Sea of Galilee is referred to in John as the Lake of Tiberias or the Sea of Tiberias. Uh, and uh, so it's the same thing. So, so when they went to, um, so one commentator was saying, okay, when they left Bethsaida on this ship, as we're read about in a second, um, and, and through that toiling and whatever, they got off course, and they, 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 they were supposed to go to Capernaum, and they went to Gennesaret, saying that through all that confusion or whatever, that's where they ended up, uh, to try to explain away Gennesaret or Capernaum from the different accounts. But he didn't have to do that, uh, because, because they went to Capernaum, in the land of Gennesaret. Is everybody with me? And now I wouldn't even have thought about that or known to think about that had I not been in Gennesaret uh, and, uh, and to see where these cities were. And all of them are on the northern coast. And so they're in Capernaum. They've gathered together. Jesus says, we're going to go to a desert place. So we're going to go to the uninhabited side of the Sea of Galilee by Bethsaida, uh, probably to the east of Bethsaida, uh, where, um, again, what clues us in, it's a desert place, but in a little minute when they, they're feeding the 5,000, they're sitting down on what kind of grass? Green grass, all right? So you don't think of a green grass uh, being in a desert, in a desert place, uh, but it was uncultivated land that was used for grazing. Uninhabited, uh, uh, inhabited, uh, and uncultivated, which meant there's nothing really growing there. It was just grazing fields, and so when you have five thousand people uh, out there and nothing to eat, you can't just even glean uh, from stuff that would have been out there uh, or trees that were planted. Uh, it was it wasn't barren. It was just uncultivated, a desert place. We're going to get away from people, and we're going to go rest a while uh, in a desert place. With me, say Amen. amen. All right. And uh, verse number 33, and I think this is cool. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of Elijah uh, and Ahab and Elijah running to Jezreel and beating them there. Notice what it says. And the people, so they're getting in a boat in Capernaum. So it's a six mile, it's a six mile uh, boat ride kind of cutting across that North Sea of Galilee on a, on a line from, from Capernaum to Bethsaida. All right. Uh, and, uh, and it's easier to travel by boat. It's more relaxing. And especially if you want to rest instead of walking around. So it's longer to walk because you're in a straight line six miles. Uh, and, uh, but notice what it says. And the people saw them departing. So they saw the disciples and Jesus get into a boat in Capernaum. And many knew him and ran afoot thither out of all the cities and outwent them and came together unto him. So the disciples get in the boat. They're traveling straight line six miles across from Capernaum to Bethsaida. Uh, and the people who saw him get on the boat, who want, they want stuff from Jesus. Uh, they want what he's. They want him to minister them. They want him to heal them. So they 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 ran a foot thither. I like that phrase, uh, and uh, and they outwent him. So as they as they get over to Bethsaida to this desert place, now there's all these people are there, and they and they they were trying to go where there were were no people. 
How many of you can relate? All right. You just, you just want to be where there's no people. Uh, and, uh, and so, uh, and then all of a sudden, all these people outwent them uh, and ran from all the cities. And they, and they show up, uh, and, and here's a big multitude. And Jesus, when he came, verse 34, out saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place, and now the time is far past. Send them away. When it's, so being, you know, it's, it's, um, there's no place for them to stay. Um, you know, they'd come out there. It's, 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 it's not a place for them to stay. It's a field. Uh, and uh, send them away that they may go into the country about uh, and, uh, and buy, you know, bread so they can eat. Verse number 36. Verse 37, he answered and said to them, give ye them to eat. And we know uh, of the story. They were commanded to sit down on the, the green grasses that were there uh, in, this, uh, in Bethsaida. Uh, and even when I was uh, at, on that tell, I was looking. So uh, I'm standing at what was the gate of what they say is a town of Bethsaida. Um, but I'm not sure that it is. Uh, based on um, how far it is from the water, etc., and the absence of some of the um, uh, some other things that I can't really get into. Uh, but so I'm looking. I'm looking from from where that tell is. I'm looking for uh, the plains. I'm looking for uh, green grass and different things. And and I and I couldn't see it from there. And uh, and so, but I know that around as you go around, there's more of it. As you get towards Hippos and Susita, uh, that Decapolis city where uh, the pigs went off uh, the swine into the, into the sea and where just past that is Gadara, uh, the maniac of Gadara. Uh, and, uh, and so you can, you can see standing there like where this could have been. So I'm imagining in my mind the feeding of the 5,000 uh, that are just out there and all that went into uh, that miracle. All right. So the disciples had just buried John the Baptist. They had been out serving two by two. Um, Jesus uh, meets them at Capernaum. They're tired. I mean, they've been working so hard, they didn't have time to eat. Jesus says, you know what? Let's go rest for a while. They get into a boat, cut across. All the people are there. And, uh, and if it's like, and, and, and you, can see, you can see their attitude um, throughout this passage of Scripture. And we know that for a while meant not very long. Uh, as, uh, as they get there and Jesus says to them, you feed them. Uh, and, uh, and they say, well, we're going to feed them. Uh, and they, they, the loaves, the fishes, the miracle that takes place. Uh, and when that is all done, we get into verse number 45. And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and go to the other side before unto Bethsaida while he sent away the people. So uh, again, they're in Bethsaida. So before unto Bethsaida means from there. Uh, and he says to go to the other side. So uh, they went, the other side to them is the land of Gennesaret. Uh, and it was, you know, if you imagine it, um, it's not as big as what you'd imagine. Uh, but uh, they would, they, they're going to go, they went from Capernaum to Bethsaida, the region or the part of Bethsaida, feed uh, the 5,000. He says, go to the other side, uh, which meant they're going to go back uh, to uh, the Capernaum area. Uh, and, uh, and when he sent them away, uh, he went up into a mountain and pray. And then we have the text that we read uh, a moment ago. Uh, he sees them toiling. 
uh, and then he goes out uh, to them. And let me say this, because I might not say it, uh, in, forget to in a little bit. Uh, when the Bible says that he would have passed them by, look at verse number 48. Four, so it's 3 to 6 in the morning, sometime in there. Uh, he's walking. They've been toiling uh, and rowing hard and, uh, and laboring, torture uh, almost and, uh, because of the storm. Wind, uh, a faith, wind contrary to them, into the wind, uh, trying to get across there. Uh, and I've always imagined Jesus high up on a mountain uh, and away from, the, away from the sea and through the darkness of night uh, can see them, you know, uh, you know all that, that distance away. But the truth of the matter is, he was on a hill, <laughs> uh, probably three and a half miles. You can see across. Uh, and uh, albeit is night, uh, and I just kind of think Jesus has night vision, uh, and uh, being that he's God and he can see, but he sees them toiling, goes out there, and it says he would have passed them by. But then they saw him and they cried out. So if you don't get anything out of this, please understand this. Um, Jesus knew exactly where they were. That doesn't, that's not to show us like, oh, he almost missed them uh, until they cried out. Uh, what that's teaching us is that Jesus is there. Uh, we need to recognize it and we need to cry out to him. Uh, he is ready. He's a, a friend that sticks close to the brother. He's right there. Uh, and, uh, and so I, now I kind of imagine it like, like Jesus, he's walking on the water, like, the, like he saw him. So he gets down, he walks three and a half miles across the water uh, and uh, to, out there in the boat. And it's kind of like, as he got to the boat, he's kind of, I can imagine just kind of like slow walking it. <laughs> and, way, and, then they, and then finally somebody sees him. And then they, they, they cry out to him. But it wasn't like he was just going to Capernaum <laughs> uh, and would have just passed them by because he didn't see them. Everybody with me? He's God. He's a sovereign God. So I kind of like, all right, and again, I'm just, there's nothing in the Bible about this, but I'm just imagining Jesus, just, he's going, it's like, okay, fellas, um, I'm, I'm here, uh, and, uh, and then they, they cry out to him, uh, and uh, he, uh, he helps them, and immediately, uh, and he says, be of cheer, it's high, don't be afraid, uh, and it says in verse 51, and he went up unto them into the ship, the wind ceased, they were sore amazed. Uh, in themselves beyond measure and wondered. I mean, that was something. I mean, if you were toiling, and, I, and again, I tried to imagine, I sat up there, I'm looking across there, and it's like this, this is like six miles by 12 miles or whatever it is, uh, and it's like, how can a, you know, a storm, like where would it come from? And, and it would be so bad that we see these accounts. And, and praise the Lord, uh, my tour guide when he was in the Air Force was a meteorologist. And so he's like, well, this and that or whatever. And he's explaining how the science of all whatever and how the comes from this way and hits that and the storms come up and it goes across and loses kind of a little bit like how we get that, the mountain uh, and kills stuff. And so he explained all that. I can't even repeat it. Uh, but, uh, but I thought, man, this is a small body of water. How can waves get so high and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, boom, 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 boom. And he put that all out there. Uh, and it was great information. So Jesus uh, calms the water. Uh, they were sore amazed, they wondered. Verse 52, for they considered not the miracle of the lows, for their heart was hardened. You think all that God had just done. And why I feel like this is kind of like Elijah, because Elijah 
was fatigued and was busy and he wasn't eating and it was, it was go, 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 go. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and when it's like that, they, they became bitter. They wanted rest. Uh, they didn't get rest. Uh, Jesus made them work, uh, passing out the food, uh, sent them on away. And we, we find no rest yet. Uh, and, uh, and, and their heart was hardened because they weren't thinking about all that God had done. All right. So here's my four points. Uh, and, uh, and back to how you get the freshness back uh, in, in, in your life and, uh, and uh, in connection both with our revival in what I've been preaching on on Wednesday nights, um, you know, or some of the songs that we've heard sung both by Brother Calvin, uh, Miss Amy sung one uh, just this last week as well about the storms, the storms of life and uh, and, uh, and that Jesus is with us in the storms, what we, the songs and poems and all the stuff that we get from this passage of Scripture. So we think about in the analogy or, or how we apply that uh, is, uh, is that Jesus is with us in the storms or that he's, uh, he is there and we need to, uh, we need to, uh, to go to him. Uh, and I'm, uh, but when we're in the middle of a storm, we're not thankful. Uh, we need to get to the place where in the middle of it, um, that we're, we're cognizant of what God is doing uh, and we can be grateful. Uh, but I'm just being honest, when you're in the middle of, of difficult things, uh, I'm just not there yet. Um, it, it's, a, it's a struggle and I have to have faith uh, knowing, uh, one, uh, how many times God has uh, brought... Every time somebody leaves Green Baptist Church, it grieves me and I have a hard time with it. Um, but it's not the first time. There's been many, 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 many times uh, where, where uh, people have, have left the church and gone somewhere else or moved or whatever. And, um, or they just left and don't go anywhere else. Or, uh, and so I grieve every single time. And, and I don't ever want to get to the part where it's like, I just go, okay. And then just go on with, with my day and not even think about it. I don't want to be there. Is everybody with me? So I, 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 like, I want to hurt, but I don't want to hurt really bad. Uh, but to not hurt means I'm calloused and my heart is hardened and I don't, I don't want to be there in, in my own spirit. So, um, but, but going through it, it's like, oh, here we go again. And, then, and I, gotta, I have to grieve. It's really because it's a loss. Because when usually when people, uh, people, people leave Berean Baptist Church, they still stay your friends. Not me. I've never had anybody go, yeah, you know, pastor, we're you know, breaking up with the church and yeah, and I don't want you to be my pastor anymore, but I, but I would still like to be friends. I never get the friend, the friend discussion <laughs> uh, in those moments. Is everybody with me? Uh, and so they remain your friends, but uh, not mine. And I haven't said this. I'm going to say it right now. Like I... <clears throat> I never tell people who they can hang around with. Or not, I don't think that would be the right thing to do. But I want you to know <coughs> that when you hang around with people who've hurt this church and hurt me, it hurts me. I'm not telling you to not to. I'm just telling you that's how I feel. And uh, <coughs> so there's loving, there's losing, there's grieving that comes with all of that. And, uh, and I know that God uses that in my own life personally to mold and shape me. So when somebody hurts me, uh, and, uh, or even if it's a perceived hurt, 
Uh, I'm not saying that every time you know, people are out to get me or whatever, try to hurt me, or they don't know that they have. Uh, and, uh, and I know that that's God. That's why I've said in preaching, like, whether it's good or whether it's bad, uh, I kind of look at ministry in a, in a, in a, uh, a selfish way for self-preservation, uh, that, that when somebody does wrong against me, that God's using that to better me. When somebody blesses me, that God's using that to better me. He's molding and shaping me and bringing me uh, to the place or who I need to be in Christ. I know that. It's, I know it here. I know it here. I, I've known it, in, it. But when you're going through it, it's not pleasant. Okay? But, but having been there, I know a um, little time passes, uh, like with any grief, and then I can move forward uh, with, uh, with other things and help people um, who I still get to minister to. Uh, and I move beyond that, all right? Uh, and uh, say amen if you're with me, because if I don't, I'll just keep, I'll just keep going, and it'll be 1230, all right? So you get the freshness back through toiling. Uh, we need more toiling. God wants us to see more than just the physical realm in this passage of Scripture, but, but, but the way, I mean, the trine of our faith works patience. It's like we can't, we can't, uh, when we get revived in revival, it means we're dead and God breathes a new life. There means there was death that was there. We, we can't, we don't know. I mean, you, you forget what it's like to feel good when you're sick. Like you could have 365, you know, 64 days of just health and nothing else, but you get the flu in that one day and you forget all the other ones. And uh, it's like we need, we need bad so that we know things are good. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, that's just the way that God has designed us. Uh, but I just feel like, like that, that, that toiling in that, that pressure, we don't want that in our lives. We want a pain-free life. Uh, we, we don't want uh, to be hurt. But we all know that it's through that uh, that God blesses. Uh, and it's not like I don't sit up at night and it's like, okay, God, bring me, bring me some more trouble. Give me, give me more heartache. Um, give, me, give me more difficulties. Break my heart one more time, Lord. Uh, just break it. Uh, and, uh, but I'll read things like Tozier, and I don't know the quote, but it's basically it's like um, uh, that God's not going to use a pastor until he's broken them. Something like that. It's a longer quote. And, and it's like, God, I want to be used, but I don't want to be broken. Um, but I know that that's what uh, it takes. So we need the toiling. Jesus knew these men in their discouragement, they're, they're tired, they're hungry. Uh, he get gets them in a boat in the middle of the night. Uh, and, uh, and, and it says uh, in, the, in John, in fact, turn there just real fast, real fast. In the book of John, chapter number six, uh, first verse, it says that um, they went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. It just it, it tells us that he calls it both in John chapter number six. And a great multitude followed him. Uh, it doesn't tell us that they ran a foot thither, uh, but we know all that story from the other accounts. And, uh, and it teaches us all that he did with the loaves and fishes. And in uh, and, uh, verse 15, when Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force, to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself. And so after, after he fed everybody and he gets them into uh, the, the disciples in a boat, uh, part of his going up and away from everybody was the things that they were saying. 
So it wasn't just to go and to observe and watch the disciples, but there was also other reasons uh, why he went up there to the mountain alone. And when even was now come, his disciples went down into the sea uh, and entered into a ship and went over uh, the sea toward Capernaum. Uh, and again, that's the land of Gennesaret. Uh, and Capernaum is a part of, uh, of all of that. And it was now dark and Jesus was not come to them and the sea rose up and and we know uh, how the story uh, proceeded from there. Uh, and, uh, and they, uh, God knew exactly what they needed. But then they, number two, um, they needed to cry out. Um, faith, faith cries out to God. Um, whenever I'm going through a difficult time, um, what it causes me to do is to cry out to God. But you know what? Things are going well. I do less of that. And so do you. We tend to pray when things fall apart. We tend to pray when we're not feeling good. We don't pray, wake up and more, God, thank you for another day. Uh, this is the day that the Lord hath made. Uh, thank you for the breath. I uh, thank you for what you, you get up and, uh, and, uh, and when you, you, know, you have neuropathy and other types of things, you crawl out of bed and everything's creaking and, uh, and uh, it, it takes a little work to, to get things going. And, uh, and uh, it, it, so we, we forget about the goodness of God. When things are going good, uh, we don't pray. Uh, but they needed, they needed some faith, and so they, they cry out to God. Uh, but here's where uh, I want to make a little application to what I was talking about on Wednesday night. For those of you who weren't here, um, I've already explained a little bit at the beginning. Uh, but we need to be filled with the wonder uh, of, uh, 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 of and about the Lord again. That's part of what revival does for us, is, is God speaks to our hearts. And, and, uh, and when, they, when they saw Jesus on the water, and again, he had, to, he had to walk on. It wasn't just like, you know, stepping out of the boat. He walked across the lake to the middle of it uh, and uh, from Bethsaida. Uh, and, and they saw him, and, and when the seas, uh, the, you know, settled in, it says that they were, they were amazed. Uh, and that they wondered. And that's, exa- that's exactly what we need to do. That's what I need to do. Um, I-, I know that that is the key uh, to-, to getting my mind off of the things that are here uh, and back on the Lord. Uh, we need to be convinced in our hearts that God is who He says He is, that He can still do uh, what He's always done. Uh, and I'm glad uh, I am His, and He is mine, uh, and that God- God's going to do a work in my life. That God's going God's to get me through whatever difficult time I'm having, like He always has. Uh, and, uh, and it's not that, uh, you know, um, I was trying to explain to somebody uh, the, you know, um, well, if somebody had asked me about my motorcycle accident, and, uh, and they said, they just out of the blue texted me yesterday, and, uh, and like, how are you doing from that? And, and so I just explained, you know, uh, some of the ongoing issues I'm having uh, with my health. And then I mentioned the scars, you know, they're, you know from, my, from my legs. And then same day, um, I talked, Amy was, uh, was told she was going to have to have hip, sur- or hip replacement surgery. And when she was looking it up, she was looking at the scars online, you know, and how today maybe it's less than whatever. And, but sometimes those are pretty, pretty big scars. And I was telling CJ on the phone last night, and, and he's like, well, like nobody sees them. And, uh, but here's the thing about, about scars that nobody sees. They're still there. And whether they're physical scars, they're emotional scars, 
you know, we, we cover up physical, I'm like head to toe scars from all my surgeries and uh, in the motorcycle and whatever. And, uh, and so, so even if I, even if I want to go running around in, you know, uh, uh, at the beach, uh, I just, I, I, there's just too much going on <laughs> uh, with all the scars and everything. I wouldn't do it. Uh, but but the thing is, even though nobody's and I was kidding with Amy, she had the, another surgery. I said, "What well, she got her next surgery?" I said, "You just need to get a neck tattoo and cover that up." Uh, and, uh, and then she had five scars from her. I said, "You can have like a tattoo of the Big Dipper," you know. And uh, she, I don't even know how she puts up with me. Uh, and uh, just cover them all up. And uh, as I told her, I said, "I'm going to get," you know. In fact, I told somebody the other day. I said, "I have a, I have a uh, whole full body tattoo of myself." Uh, and uh, you know, all right, some of you get that. Uh, and uh, but uh, just to cover to cover up all the scars. My point is this: um, there, are, there, you all have scars that people can't see, uh, physical ones, uh, but also emotional ones and spiritual ones. Doesn't mean that they're not there. Doesn't mean that you don't see them uh, all the time. So even though you know uh, you know you you don't see uh, my surgery scars. Uh, when I look in a mirror, I see them. Uh, and it's a reminder uh, of, of the, the pain and injury or the pain and recovery. Uh, and they're there. And, uh, and, and, and those things, you know, sometimes they fade, sometimes they don't. Uh, and you're reminded uh, from time to time because of what you see or feel uh, that they are there. Uh, and, uh, and so the way that they, how God dealt with them, and they put them in a situation and then uh, to where they were desperate, uh, and he came by, slow walking by, I think, until they said, hey, they cry out. Jesus helps them to do, and there's, oh, it's amazing. It's amazing what Jesus can do. Because uh, they consider not the, the miracle of the lows. They were in that boat. They knew full well what Jesus could do before he came across on the water. And so they needed their faith. Uh, but when I read that, I think, what a bunch of dummies. And then, and then to pour kind of salt on it, he puts it in there. It couldn't just say that, hey, couldn't, they just, couldn't Jesus, by inspiration, uh, with Mark or whomever in the other Gospels, couldn't he just left it, the story at, you know, um, he, he caused the, uh, the wind to cease, and they were amazing themselves beyond measure and wondered. And then they came to, to Gennesaret and drew uh, on the shore. But he had to throw that in there. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. And I thought, yeah, I mean, you just got done with that. I mean, you haven't even slept. You just fed 5,000 people uh, with the loaves and fishes, a miracle, 12 baskets. They're, they're probably, I, I, I don't even know, it doesn't even say, like if they got on the ship, uh, they took their, their, each of their basket of leftovers uh, with them. And uh, it doesn't say that they're eating. I, I still don't think they've even eaten yet. Uh, and they considered not, because if they, if they were sitting there eating it, they would have been considering it. You guys, where we, it's like all this food and it came from that. And, um, but that's exactly how we are. Um, my heart gets hardened uh, because I don't consider all the miracles that God has done. And when I, when I get this stinking thinking or whatever, and I say, oh, and this, and I'm complaining or whatever, uh, and uh, you know, my, my wife, um, a.k.a. the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, will say, well, what about this and what about that? And you know what? You don't want to hear that. Not when you're in the middle of it. Because you know. You know that. You know that without her saying it. 
uh, or, you know, your counselor or your friend or your pastor or whatever. You know it, but it doesn't help you uh, when you're in the middle of the storm. But what we need to do uh, is embrace it, uh, thank God for it, cry out to Him, and consider the wonders of God and the goodness of God, uh, and, and then reconvince our hearts through all of that, uh, that what we're thinking uh, is just worry and whatever, that just we shouldn't be doing it, uh, and just trust God and take that unbelief to belief and the lack of faith and an increase in faith because that's what they needed. But most of the time, it happens when we just forget how good God is. Because God is good. And, um, but whenever something happens, we forget about it. Um, so I want you to think about today. I don't know what you're going through, but you're probably going through something, more than likely. Uh, and, um, but one, instead of focusing on what you're going through, let's take some time today and just consider for a moment, the wonders and the miracles that God has done in our life time and time and time again. And if, and, if, and, if you, and if you just can't think of one specifically, you think of the works of God and the hand of God. Think about, just think about the, the creation. Uh, well, the, the creation itself, but just life and how, how God um, how God gives life, and why? And by the way, why life is so precious, and why we're against the you know uh, the killing of children, etc. Um, and how how marvelously, and that we are made. And and how there just there there has to be a creator in 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 all the order and everything that God has done, and and just get your mind off of uh, of that, and that's really um, the key. I feel, uh, to getting our minds back. We know that God puts it, you know, think on this things, think on these things. It's our mind. Our mind is where the battle uh, takes place so often. Um, but God's got, a, God's got a way. And for me, you know, there's a lot of stuff, but here I'm listening to uh, uh, a two-month tenured pastor um, work his way through a passage of Scripture because he's tired and uh, from toiling and needs a little bit of rest and can't find it. And, uh, and, and God helped me um, by bringing me in this passage again and helped me realize um, uh, that, that I, I, I need the toiling. I need that. Um, because if it's, because if I, when I don't have it, uh, I'm not as close to God as I need to be. And uh, so I'm thankful. I'm thankful for it. I hope that you are too. Let's all stand.